are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Wednesday show for you. We've got a lot to talk about in regards to the college football playoff. Committee met yesterday. They have approved the 5-7 and seven model. We'll go over that. We will talk about one of the more amazing weekends we will see in the early 2025 calendar year. I brought it up briefly back in the day when this was being talked about. Now that the college football playoff has finalized everything, we are set to go. We're going to go over it. Going to talk a little bit more March Madness. There's another team that I want to talk about that's quite interesting who could pull a first-round upset and their story. I want to also talk about Anthony Rendon, a little baseball talk today as he gave an interview that I think any PR person or anybody close to him probably said after the fact, what the hell are you doing, dude? If you've not heard what Anthony Rendon has said, you want to listen in. And we're also going to talk a little bit about Nick Saban on college game day. So we're going to get to all that momentarily. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops, throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime. From your desktop or your mobile devices, head to Bet Online today to become part of the team. And remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online. The game starts here. All right, as we know, this upcoming season in college football will be our first 12-team playoff. Before the Pac-12 dissolved, it was your top six conference champions automatically are in the 12-team playoff, and then the six next best at-large teams. Well, now that there's no Pac-12 anymore, it has gone to a 5-7 and seven format. That's going to assure the conference champions from the SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, and ACC get a spot in the playoff, along with the highest-ranked Group of Five conference champion. They're not going to infer, refer to the Group of Five in its description of the format, though, because the chance that's a champion from one of the Power Four conferences finishes ranked below the top champion from the AAC, the Conference USA, Mountain West, Sun Belt, or Mid-American. So... Um, they used 2021 as an example. When undefeated number four Cincinnati was the AAC champion, ACC champion Pitt finished at number 12 with two losses. In the 12-team format, the four highest-ranked conference champions will still receive a first-round bye. So that's what you have to take into account when you're doing it. Are the top four seeds probably going to be from the SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, and ACC? Yes. They're going to be those four champs. I, I can't imagine that another conference champion is going to finish higher than the SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, or ACC conference champion. It'd be, it'd be really shocking if they finished higher. But it just solidifies them a spot, and then there's going to be seven at-larges. Now, what this does, and we, we did talk about this a while ago. I can't remember what podcast it was, but because – College football is still delaying their playoffs. There's still going to be bowl season, but the main games in this 12-team playoff are going to start a week earlier than they usually do. So for those that don't know, you have the first four seeds getting buys, then five plays 12, six plays 11, seven plays 10, eight plays nine. We don't know which game is going to go which night, but we do know that on December 20th, Friday of this year, 
there's going to be one of those games, either the 5-12 game, the 6-11, the 7-10, or the uh, 8-9. The other three of those games are going to be played the next day on Saturday, December 21st. So NFL season is still going on, but there's no Saturday games or Friday games. So you're going to have one college football playoff game Friday, three on Saturday. So then those four winners will now move into the quarterfinals and play the top four seeds based on seeding. Well, those quarterfinal games are going to be played December 31st and January 1st. I believe it's going to be one on December 31st and then three quarterfinal games on January 1st. So now after that, we're going to be down to two. We're going to be down to four teams and two games to be played. And this is where it's great because they probably worked in conjunction, but here's what we're looking at. <laughs> Friday night, we got to go to move. We're moving into 2025 now. So uh, excuse me, Thursday night, January 9th will be the first college football playoff semifinal game. The next night, January 10th, is going to be the second college football semifinal game. And then that weekend is NFL wildcard weekend. And we know how NFL wildcard weekend works, don't we? Two games Saturday, three games Sunday, one game Monday, because we know there's six games total on wildcard weekend. So... For the first two years of this playoff format in college football, this is the way it's going to go. We'll get to why only two years in a second. But just know that from January 9th to January 13th of 2025, five consecutive days, we are going to have playoff football. First two days are college football. The last three days are NFL football. It is going to be a smorgasbord of college and pro football playoff games. Awesome. You thought maybe getting away from the wife and saying, hey, I've got uh, wild card football on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. You might want to start prepping them and saying, oh, yeah, by the way, we now have to start that two days earlier as we're getting one game Thursday night, one game Friday night in college. And then our NFL wild card weekend begins. And then January 18th and 19th will be the divisional games in the NFL. January 20th, college football national championship game. So playoffs are going to start in college football on December 20th, and they're going to end on January 20th. So between the semifinal game and the title game, January 9th, Thursday, first semifinal game, they get 11 days off. January 10th, Friday game, they get 10 days off. So no real huge advantage when you think about it, but it's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. I know there's a lot of purists and traditionalists out there that say, no, this is you know ruining the regular season. I'm telling you, while it may diminish the importance of some of these games, teams are still going to want to win in the regular season because it could get them a first-round bye. It could get them a playoff home game. It's still going to matter. It's just not going to matter about are they going to get into the playoff or not. If Michigan and Ohio State – are playing their annual battle and both teams have zero or one loss, they're both getting into the playoff. We know this, but the game is still going to mean something because the winner is probably getting a first-round bye. And the loser, depending on how many losses they have at that point, either could still get a home game in the playoffs or they could end up on the road in the playoffs and have to play three road games before they get to the national championship game. So 
while the importance of the game still remains, it's just what about that importance? What about that importance is it? Is it getting in or out or is it getting seeding? And that's what the that's what it's going to turn into. A lot of regular season games now are going to be about more about seeding than are we going to make the playoff or not? Because they only took four teams before. Now they're taking 12. So any team with one or two losses, and they're from a big conference, pretty much getting into the playoffs. It's just a matter of seeding. And I find that fascinating. Now I mentioned this is only happening in 2025, the 2024-2025, and 2025-2026 season. So only the next two seasons, because then the media contract is up. There is a rumor going around that ESPN is paying, going to buy it for six or eight years at $1.3 billion a year. That apparently is not a done deal. And there might be other partners that get involved. We won't know. But it's going to be this format that I just read you for the first for the next two years in college football. So just know that. That's not changing. But after the 2026 season, the media rights are up. And anybody can bid. We might have, you know, it might go one game to streaming or Fox gets a portion of the game. You know, Fox gets the quarterfinals and ABC ESPN gets the semis and ABC gets the championship. We just don't know because the deal hasn't been signed yet. But you got to keep that in mind. This is only for the next two years. And then we will see what happens after that and how they're going to do it. Because I think they're going to use the first two years as kind of like a template of, okay, is this the way we want to do it exactly like this? Or do we want to change things up when we move into the new media deal? That's what they're going to learn by looking at it for these next two years. But it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be very interesting. And I think once the 12-team playoff starts next year, nobody's going to care about tradition and, oh, why are we doing it this way now? And too many teams are making it. No, it just means for better games. That's all it does. We're giving Now we're getting 11 playoff games that mean something instead of three. I mean, I, What's better than more competitive playoff football? I can't think of anything. So I want to talk a little more college basketball again, and I want to draw your attention to a team out in the West a little bit. And I don't know if you know this, and this is really interesting, because I don't think a lot, maybe a lot of people are unaware. Do you realize the last national champion in college basketball from the West Coast was Arizona in 97? I mean, West Coast basketball just does not win the national championship. And if you look at the Pac-12 this year, they're not going to win it this year either. I mean, Arizona is their best hope. Arizona might be the only entrant from the Pac-12. No, Washington State's getting in, and maybe someone pulls an upset and wins the Pac-12 tournament. But I think Arizona and Washington State, maybe Oregon, are your only ones getting in from the Pac-12 this year. But my point being, West Coast just never does well in the national scene. However, there is a team on the West Coast this year that I found interesting. Watched the second half of the game last night, the Utah State Aggies against San Diego State. San Diego State, 19th ranked in the nation. They were 20-6 and six coming into the game. Remember, they were the national, they were the national champion runner-ups last year. They played UConn in the championship game. They lost. Have a good team coming back. They did lose a lot of players, but they were 20-6 and six going into last night. Playing Utah State, who was 21-5. and five. Utah State just lost over the weekend to Colorado State at Colorado State. But Utah State came home last night, and they beat San Diego State 68-63. Here's the interesting thing about Utah State. Right now, I think they're a 10 or 11 seed in Joe Lenardi's bracketology. They hired a coach in the offseason, 
They took the coach from Montana State. His name is Danny Sprinkle. Very good young coach. Had a lot of wins at Montana State. Led them to the tournament. But Utah State had zero, count them, zero points returning from last season. I'm not saying they didn't have any players returning from last year's team. Nobody that is currently on the Utah State team scored a point for them last year. And yet they're 22-5 and and just beat the 19th-ranked team in the nation. This is a team to possibly watch out for. They have a center whose name is Great. Got to love that. <laughs> Good young coach. I think you really need to keep an eye on Utah State. Could pull a first-round upset. Once again, it's all about matchups. We don't know the matchups just yet. But seeing it and watching them play, I didn't think they looked great against Colorado State. And then they came home and looked really good against San Diego State, beating them by five last night. But you can tell this is a team that can do some damage in the tournament. When I say damage, one game to me isn't damage. Damage to me is at least getting to the second weekend, which means you would have to pull one, if not two, upsets. I think this team can do it. It's, I'm just laying it out there now. The bracket might come, and they may get stuck with a horrible team or a horrible um, matchup that I just don't see them winning. And I'll be like, no, I'm just, I'm not picking them. But they are a team that's on my radar right now. So keep that in mind. Let's move on to baseball. Did you happen to see an interview that Anthony Rendon did with the local media in Anaheim or at spring training? He was speaking to reporters after he reported to Angels Camp, and he wanted to make one thing very, very clear. Quote, regarding the game of baseball, it's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. I do this to make a living. My faith, my family come first before this job. When asked if it was a priority at all, he said, oh, it's a priority for sure because it's my job. I'm here, aren't I? Just got a text. Might want to look into that. Um, and so this is a guy, in case you don't know, the Angels gave him a seven-year, $245 million contract before the 2020 season. And in the 546 possible games he could have played in his Angels tenure, he's played in 200 of them. This guy gets hurt every year. He's played in less than half the games he's been, you know, possibly could have played in. And they're paying him seven years, $245 million guaranteed. And now he shows up to camp this year, coming off a season where he played less than 50 games. And he says, this game has never been a top priority for me. Is that something you want to hear? If you're an Angel fan, well, first off, first off, Angel fans hate this guy more than probably any player in the history of the Angels. So that just adds to their hatred of him. His former teammate with the when he was in Washington, closer, Jonathan Papelbon, we remember him, played with Rendon in 15 and 16 with the Nationals. He said, every single day this guy shows up to go out, it was like a chore. He strictly got away with just raw athleticism and just raw talent. And you can do that. But there's a reason why he's not as successful as he really, truly could be. He's got more raw talent than the three of us combined, but he just doesn't give a shit. And Papelbon said, I knew when he became a free agent, I was like, whoever gets that dude is going to get totally bamboozled. It's going to be the worst deal in history, and it's proven that way. It's frustrating to hear stuff like that, and I'm not saying this is sour grapes because I took Anthony Rendon in my fantasy draft last year. 
I was expecting nothing and I got nothing. So I didn't spend any money on him. That was the good thing. But look, if that's how Anthony feels, that's fine. If you're just not a guy that just absolutely grinds it and loves the game of baseball and would play for free, that's fine. I don't expect every player in Major League Baseball to have that feeling. However, when you've signed a seven-year, $245 million contract and you've played 246 out of a possible or 200 out of possible 546 games, the last thing you want to do coming off a season where you played less than 50 games and you were hurt again for the fourth year in a row as an angel is talk to the media and say, hey, it's not my top priority anyway. Like, I'm here. It's my job. But who? I mean, I'm surprised the Angels haven't cut him by now. I mean, you might as well. He's not going to play well this year. He's probably not going to play because he's going to get hurt. And now when the guy says it's not my top priority, now knowing he's gotten hurt the last four years, you got to begin to question, is he trying to even get back from any of his injuries that he's had over these four years? Because when you say stuff like that, people can easily piece two and two together and be like, maybe he's not even trying to get back because he clearly doesn't care that much about baseball. Because let's face it, baseball contracts are guaranteed. You're going to get some guys that get their contract and just absolutely shit the bed and don't care because, hey, I'm getting my money. There are players like there out there like that. It's happened in baseball. It's happened in basketball. You don't get that in the NFL because not every contract is guaranteed in the NFL. You get signing bonus money, and that's why guys want to get paid up front because it's much easier also to get injured in an NFL game and possibly in your career. So I understand why those guys want to get paid up front, but you don't sign a contract in the NFL that's like, you know, Patrick Mahomes, I think, signed 10 years, $450 million or $500 million. That's not all guaranteed. It's basically restructured. He's given signing bonus money. It's all – there's a lot of creativity going on with NFL contracts. Baseball and basketball, straightforward. Whatever you see in the paper of what these guys sign for, they're getting it no matter what, outside of breaching their contract and getting injured outside of what they're allowed to do. So Anthony Rendon – Go F yourself for giving that quote, checking into spring training when you have played 200 out of 546 games in five years as an angel. What a joke. And finally, you know the story. Nick Saban is going to college game day next year, which is going to be pretty amazing because they are going to still keep Lee Corso. It's going to be, God, how many people now on that set? you got Reese Davis is going to host. You've got Desmond Howard. You've got Pat McAfee. You've got... Lee Corso, you've got Dick Saban, you got Kirk Herbstreet. There's going to be a lot of people on set. Basically, I think it's going to start out like it always does with Corso there. Corso will do the first segment and then basically take an hour off, come back for one segment, take another hour off, and then show up at the end and put the headpiece on. That's essentially what I think is going to happen. Saban's going to be there most of the time because Saban is an absolute encyclopedia when it comes to breaking down football games and talking about football. But there was an article yesterday I think Stephen A. Smith might have talked about it on first take where he said, don't expect Nick Saban to ever pick against Alabama on game day. Yeah. Has, has Desmond Howard ever picked against Michigan on college game day? Like, of course he's going to pick Bama every week. I don't think he's ever going to pick against them, but I don't care because picks are just fun things they do on the set. I don't think the picks really even matter in terms of what's really going to happen because, as I always say, if we knew who was going to win these games, we'd all be rich. So – and also remember when they pick those games, they're not picking point spreads. And usually when you're betting games, you're having to deal with point spreads. But yeah, if Alabama is a three-point favorite or a three-point dog against anybody, I'm guessing Nick Saban's 
going to pick them. If they're a favorite to win the game, I don't think he's ever going to say, no, I think Alabama's getting upset today. And then if they're a three- or four-point underdog, I absolutely think he's going to say, no, Alabama might be an underdog, but you better watch out. This is a good spot for them. You know, it's it's like I, I don't care who these guys pick. Even Lee Corso's stuff. While the shtick is getting old, just let them have their fun. Let's not shit on people's parades about who they're going to pick and who they're not going to pick. It does not matter. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review. Please, please, please hit play. Don't let it just download into your feed because that doesn't count as a download anymore. Hit play, and that counts as downloads now. Uh, The Daily Roundup is posted an hour ago. Reader email should be up in an hour, but I'm not sure. But we're back tomorrow with yet another Sports Daily. And please pass it along to your friends. Let them know. We're going to start having some more guests coming on this podcast sooner rather than later. So keep it here. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.